Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to the FD Show. Who is from Shropshire in the UK and lives with the four children? She is known for her two sides of every story shows and her quote sitting on the garden fence. As Sue from out for England, never mind America, gives a voice to the voiceless, gives spiritual guidance and unites advocates from all over the world for all causes. So with no further ado, we welcome the one, the only, Hi and welcome to the Asu Show. Hope everybody's all okay. I missed out playing my music this tonight, but obviously must have realised that I was keen to stop an excellent show tonight. Now, as you know, we've had an absolute lovely lady on the show quite a few times uh, called Lisa Beretta, and obviously a good friend of the Asu Show. And tonight we make it an even bigger part of the family when we welcome to the show the wonderful BJ Beretta. Hi BJ, how are you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Absolute a massive welcome to the Asu show tonight. Thank you. Now, BJ, please tell everybody about yourself and whereabouts you're from and uh, sort of tell everybody whereabouts you are at the moment. Okay, well, I am from... Uh calling from the Washington, D.C. Um, region over uh, across the pond in America. And uh, I am a media film professional, and I'm, I'm on the show uh, because I want to talk about my film, a uh, documentary called Surviving Death, a Paranormal Debate. And um, it's a documentary that basically, uh, kind of what the title says, it's a debate kind of discussing um, what the paranormal is, uh, specifically um you know, ghosts and consciousness and afterlife and, and and all those things that it kind of encompasses. It's such a such a broad topic, such a heavy topic. It can be a loaded topic. And uh, yeah. the documentary um, kind of looks at it from uh, lenses of uh, theological. You know, because a very you know, if you're a spiritual person or a religious person, there's just theological um, sort of consequences about what happens when you die, your soul, heaven and hell. We look at it from a parapsychological point of view, parapsychology and um, the, the science uh, behind ghosts and psychic ability and consciousness and what it is and where it goes. Um, and we look at it, too, from, a, from an entertainment point of view um, because this is, where, this is where the paranormal lives. The paranormal lives um, in entertainment. Um, one of the things that was interesting when I was researching my film was, you know, back at the turn of the 20th century, um, early 1900s, that institutions here in America, um, they would have um, programs dedicated to or, or, or uh, research dedicated towards uh, parapsychology and psychic ability and, and ghosts. And somehow, some, sometime along the way, um, that topic kind of became taboo, and, uh, and it, it became a, a pseudoscience, which I yeah. thought was uh, was interesting. And there was no funding for. Um, and Boyd Auerbach, who's in my film, he talks about this. There was no funding for for parapsychology and programs, and 
and kind of studies of the consciousness and sixth sense and afterlife experiences or um, your death experiences and, and um, half-life experiences. Um, so this, the, the ghosts and, and hauntings and all this stuff kind of took place and kind of found a home in, in entertainment. And that's where the, um, you know, the money was to for this yeah. to kind of live on. And and it's great that it's part of entertainment because it it helps kind of keep the conversation going, but also is entertainment also hurting um, some of this stuff by by hurting the paranormal by going for cheap thrills and scare factor type things and, 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 and trying to scare people and, and kind of uh, perpetrating or, or, or perpetuating, I should say, that, that kind of um, hokey-pokey sort of aspect of, of the paranormal as opposed to the, the real potential science behind it. So yeah. the documentary it kind of looks at, at, at all that stuff. Excellent. I, I must admit, I did just watch a, a, a bit of it, obviously, that you'd sent me, and I was like, obviously, I mean, obviously you've got um, uh, Richard in there, Richard Felix, of course, mm-hmm. Michael Totti, um, obviously Michael's already been on the show. We talk about join the Ask Sue family, I mean, they're all here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but how, how, let's let's just go back a bit then. You know, obviously you've got a... I've got to say, your mum, we we just love her on the Asu. She's just amazing. How did this all start with you? Is, did it literally start with, obviously, because of your mum? Well, yeah. Well, um, I'm a media professional, and I was, I was actually getting my um, my my bachelor's degree in, in film and television producing from American University. And, and one of the requirements to graduate with my master's was to um, produce a thesis film. So I went to do a documentary. And I figured I might as well do a documentary about something that I'm interested in, something that I'm close to, something that I wanted to explore and discover because um, as a filmmaker, if I'm actually going through the voyage that I want to, or the journey that I want the audience to go through, it's going to be a better film because I'm going to be learning and exploring myself. So yeah. my mom, as you know, is a professional astrologer. And she, as you said, she's been on the show. And um, yep. grew up with a with a psychic mom, so and that's not a probably a typical or usual upbringing. But I also went to um, Catholic school um, from first grade all the way up to um, my undergraduate uh, degree, my college at Loyola University in Baltimore. So kind of had feet in 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 both uh, both worlds because at home I grew up with. Uh, Sort of paranormal, but that. I mean, my mom was your, you know, typical um, mom. It wasn't anything crazy or outrageous, but you know, but that yeah. was a profession, so I was, was surely exposed to it. Then also exposed to some of the Catholic teachings and dogma and, and stuff uh, by just going to Catholic school. So it was just interesting because um, Catholicism deals a lot with, you know. Um, right and wrong, heaven and hell, what happens to your soul. Um, and, you know, we have religion class all the way up through college um, at Catholic school. And, uh, you know, my mom, again, has a had more of a different spiritual kind of upbringing. And then uh, and I figured might as well just round it out because, you know, the paranormal was so popular, or it is still popular in, um, in media and entertainment. So it was a topical um the topical um, subject to tackle. So I uh, 
looked at it from the entertainment point of view. And, and uh, Lloyd Auerbach, um, he was my first, uh, he's the first person I interviewed, um, or pre-interviewed on the phone, and also the first person I actually interviewed for the documentary as well. And uh, he really uh, helped uh, frame, or helped me frame the debate, because uh, what he said was just so intelligent, and he, he comes at it from a very kind of balanced, rooted point of view about, um, you know, his his thoughts and theories and his studies in, in parapsychology, but also just how it's, how it's portrayed um, yeah. just in society and culture from a theological point of view, from an entertainment point of view. And uh, from there, I just kind of start digging and investigating and in the film, we even do our own, um, we even do our own ghost hunt. Uh, we bring uh, Richard Felix over and Michael yeah. Hadi, and uh, they joined with uh, Dan Sturgis, a, a ghost hunter based on New York City. And yeah. uh, we did a ghost hunt at a Philadelphia Eastern State Penitentiary. And if anybody um, watches uh, ghost hunting shows, uh, pretty much every ghost hunting show has uh, has been there and investigated there. So our show, my show, um, investigated it there. Um, investigate ghost hunt there as well, but we weren't trying to replicate a ghost hunt that every other show did. That's been done. The purpose was we were looking kind of peeking behind the ghost hunt. You know, Richard Felix is a is an entertainer, um, but he has some very um, um, interesting things to say about ghost hunting because he does believe in ghosts, obviously, and uh, he makes some very poignant remarks about Yes, money does reside in entertainment, but just because he's an entertainer doesn't mean he's not searching for the truth and trying to figure out um, what these ghosts are. But at the same time, he's trying to make a living. So it's it's, it's a it's a balancing act, you know. It's, a, yeah. it's definitely a balancing act. And so it was a very very thoughtful commentary from him, and I'm I'm glad he did that. Yeah, and 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 we always say this, don't we? It's like a, um, in a psychic world, we always say there's like an energy exchange and. The thing is, you you are literally doing that by by putting the two together mm-hmm. as well. So it, it's like yes, an entertainment, but also you get your and as far as Richard Felix concerned, you know, showing evidence as well. And that and and this is the thing, and it's it's to some people it's still new. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you're just putting like the different side to that, and that. But I was just. Obviously, it was. I've, I've known Lisa quite a while now, and you know, I've seen from Lisa's side, but it's good to see from the other side and everything. And I just, it was just amazing, just really, really good. So, but what, what, how did it? Did you deal with the fact? And obviously, you, you're saying you went to school as a Catholic, but then you were also, you know, you got your mum at home and spiritual. And obviously, we've spoken on the show quite a few times about the fact that they don't teach the spiritual side in schools. So how did that affect you, and how did that did it make sort of make your mind up to a degree of what you believed in, or did did you just find it a bit more difficult? You know, it's funny as as a kid, you're a kid, so you don't know any better, so you don't have any other experiences. So, so growing up, it's that's what's normal to you, you know. Um, and you know, I guess growing up as a kid, to be honest, it, um, you know, I didn't talk too much specifically out loud with my friends. What my mom did for a living because it was such a Unusual profession, and because it, it yeah. you know, um, sometimes it is seen as, as as taboo, as it's kind of mentioned in my documentary, and maybe it's just some of the things that I kind of wanted to explore. Um, but as I gotten older, um, you know, 
you, you, as you become a man, you start to, to start to think for yourself and you take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and, and things that make sense to you. And I think as I've, you know, as I've gotten older, um, you know, as they, I'm able to kind of figure out, like, my personal beliefs and, and, and what I, um, you know, I, I guess things that kind of, you know, resonate with me from, from spiritual points of view and, and, and theological points of view. And I had a I had an Eastern philosophy class, and this is I remember this one was very interesting to me. Is if you kind of pull pull the veil back on different sorts of religions and philosophies and spiritualities and whatever, they, a lot of them have very similar or almost the same tenets about doing good and putting out good energy and you know treating others how you want to be treated. And I think those were kind of universal truths. And, you know, we can, you know, address those truths up in, in, in certain religious dogma. We can, uh, doctrines, um, this, that, or the other. Um, I think ultimately, um, whether you want to say it's a God or a higher energy or spiritual or whatever, whatever works for you, um, you know, I think there's, there's, there's universal truth that, you know, ultimately we should all be good, you know, we're energy we put out kind of, you know, enters the world and come back to us. And, and um, you know, I, so I take more of a spiritual view than a, than a religious point of view. Because when you start getting a religion, then, you know, then you start getting really kind of bogged yeah. down with dogma and, and, you know, people fight over religion and you look all across the globe and it's a shame yeah. what, what people do in the name of religion. Which, if you really think about it, probably isn't at the core or root of um, that particular religious tent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, obviously, the the film. How long did it take before you started the documentary? How long ago did this all? You know, where did this first idea come from, and how long did it take for you to get everything together? Well, it started actually um, beginning of my my last semester, which would have been January 2012. Is when I kind of. Um, and I didn't really quite know what I wanted to do. I'd gone through grad school for a couple of years, and I wasn't sure. I knew I had to do something, and I didn't know what. So it came around in January, and as I, we were talking about earlier, you know, this was something that was kind of interesting to me, something I wanted to figure out. So I figured, well, I can do a documentary about this because, you know, it's something that is worthwhile exploring, something I want to explore. Um, because of my, of my mom and who she is, I had ability to get in touch with um, certain people, and, and then I was also able to get in touch with other people on my own who participated in the documentary, and um, that started in January, and um, and then I, I, I talked to Lloyd first, and I talked to him in February 2012, and then um, and then I started, he was the first interview, so I started taping in May 2012, and I, I um, and of course, I'm going to school full-time, and I'm working full-time. So I have like no free time. So, and I go down. Yeah. And basically, basically most of May I had interviewed Lloyd um, at the beginning of May, and then we flew Richard and 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 Michael Toddy in from um, from England um, May 16th, 17th, and we did the the ghost town at Eastern State Penitentiary, and then um, I finished up my interviews in, in May and, and June, and then I just spent the whole the whole summer editing, and. Um, I think, uh, for all intents and purposes, the 
the the final cut the film was done the final cut was was done um august uh august of twenty twelve so about a about a year ago um the film was finished and then yeah. I got on a couple um couple uh p b s uh, stations public broadcasting stations here in uh, in america one in indianapolis and one in uh northeast pennsylvania uh scranton and then um and then it played at a, at a film festival in New York City in December, and it screened in Washington D.C. here a, a couple months back. And a, a distributor uh, found it; they found me. They liked the film, and um, they're great celebrity home entertainment. And they uh, they found a home for it. So if you're interested, the uh, it's going to be on iTunes exclusively October 8th for a month, and then it moves to Amazon Amazon Instant Play. And then there'll be uh, a bunch of other video platforms. And I think sometime within the next couple of weeks, it should be available as a hard copy of the actual DVD you can buy to stick in your DVD player at home to watch. And if you're interested, you can just follow the, uh, the Facebook page um, for the film. It's facebook.com uh, slash uh, Surviving Death Debate or the website survivingdeathdebate.com. And uh, I'll have all kinds of information about when it's going to be released and how you can watch it and when you can watch it and where you can watch it. Excellent. Well, I'd just let everybody know that it's listening to the show. If you join in to Blog Talk Radio, you can actually go into our chat room at the moment and uh, please sign up to Blog Talk Radio because then you can get to all the links. They're all posted in the chat room where you can actually catch up with everything that we're talking about as well. So, oh, do you know what this might... 5,000 things I want to ask, and it's like trying to not jump from one to another to another, do you know what I mean? But it's like, how did you decide who to have on your, you know, in that documentary? Because obviously there's a lot of fascinating people. How did you choose, you know, Richard Felix, you know, and let's face it, you've got some good UK people there. How did you decide those? Um, Well, Richard Felix, um, you know, I was lucky. Richard Felix... um, was indirectly through my mom, and that was one of the reasons why like, I had decided to make the documentary because of, I mentioned the access uh, of some, you know, intelligent people, well-known people, uh, because yeah. of my mom's profession. So I don't remember exactly how, but obviously my mom is Michael Toddy and Michael Toddy, and um, I think it was through Michael Toddy um, that we got in touch with Richard Felix. And that doesn't necessarily mean he was going to be interested, but... It was great. He was. We started to talk, and uh, he was. He was great. He was willing to come over. Um, Lloyd Auerbach, you know, you just do a Google search, and he's always one of the top names. And uh, and I was lucky, you know. I mean, uh, I wrote him a note, and uh, and he wrote me back, and that was um, that was really lucky, and I'm, I'm really really thankful for for Lloyd to. Um, you know, to write me back, I'm sure he gets requests all the time. And I had mentioned I was a student, and I had mentioned um, the intent of my film. It wasn't going to be your typical ghost hunt. I'm going to try to scare you, but really kind of talk about some things that I know that are important to Lloyd. Um, the uh, the Catholic priest that I have in the film, again, I was at work, and I was having a conversation with um, some coworkers, and somehow we came to the topic of, uh, I think the movie The Exorcist came up and, and, and the Catholic priest and the paranormal and, and uh, somebody had mentioned that this priest uh, that is a member of their parish um, is interested in, in 
this sort of stuff. It was just sort of discussion. And I reached out to him, and, and he was willing. And uh, the Dan Sturgis, who was also the, well, the, he was like the more technical ghost hunter on the um, on the ghost hunt, um, that was Lloyd Auerbach had put me in touch with him. And then uh, Nathan Harshman, uh, he's the physics chair at American University, um, he's gracious enough to, to talk about um, the paranormal from a strict science point of view. Um, not power the power science, but the strict uh, the parapsychological, but a strict scientific uh, point of view. Um, and, and because that's just one went to American University. So it was uh, it was great, and I also had a I had a couple other interviews that um unfortunately um, ended up in the cutting room floor, not because they um they weren't good. Um, it was just that as a filmmaker, you have to make you know decisions. And to make decisions about how long did I want this to be, um, realistically, how long could it be where it was still good, still tight. You know, you always want to leave that film with people just wanting a little bit more. You don't want it to feel like it that runs too long. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and, how, and how many people do you want? And how many different points of view do you want to throw at people in 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 27 minutes? And so I took I took what I thought were the most important parts, the most important. Uh, uh, arguments and uh, and uh, that's what that's what we have in the final film. Now, in in doing the film and even doing research and and across things afterwards, I mean, there's there's so many more topics uh, that interest me about this that I wish I could have explored. And you know, if I had the time or the funds, I think we would made a really good um, uh, like 90 minute documentary. Because it's yeah. it was 27 minutes because 27 minutes is a it's a Time requirement to get a half hour on a on PBS, which is a television network here in America, public broadcasting, and um, that's why it's 27. But if I had more time, I would have probably gone for for 50 or 90. Yeah. Now, uh, how now you look at the film? I mean, I only obviously watched just obviously this uh, a short bit of it, and the thing is with them, they seem to work well. They've got it. It's comfortable, isn't it? There is some times when you can do things like this, and it's a bit like it, it's hard. It, it's it, you know what I mean. It's like when they're deba- you've got I, yeah. a debate. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable, but it didn't feel like that at all. Do you know what I mean? It was a comfortable, nice debate. But how how many times did it have to go through? Was it literally easy to put together, or it was it one of them you changed it around quite a few times before it was right? Oh, I mean, I, I had I made a very conscious effort um, for the film. That's a good way of putting it. Comfortable. I didn't want it to be. I wanted the debate to be, you know, the, the debate that I kind of crafted to be civil. I didn't want it to be adversarial. I didn't want to evangelize one point of view or demonize another point of view. I want everybody to have equal say, and have people kind of rebut, you know, their point of view um, without attacking another point of view. Um, yeah. And. And or, or if they can they can disagree with the point of view without it being vicious. So perhaps there's some sort of you know there, there's some sort of substance behind the point yeah. of the point of view. So that was that was conscious. And um, you know I made sure when I as, you know I was asking um, you know I was asking people the questions off camera, um, phrasing them and having a conversation with them in such a way that it wouldn't be adversarial. Of course, I mean you can edit anything to make it adversarial, but I, I, I really wanted it to flow, and I really I, I want the I want the, the film to be a, 
the conversation starter. You know, I wanted to actually have a. Yeah, you know, I didn't want people to get angry with it. I wanted people to talk about it and and and, yeah. and you know be intrigued by it. And yeah. and I guess and I guess editing it, you know, it just um you know hours of footage and it just it's like um it's like sculpting something out of clay. You know, you don't when you first have that brick, you don't really see it, and you just kind of go through and you go through. And somebody says something that's kind of poignant or something that's kind of like uh, that's a good point, and you just kind of file that away and then. You're looking at something else, and somebody else might say something like that that complements it nicely or or, or, or rebuts it nicely, and it, it really just kind of became a a fluid conversation. I mean, there, there are yeah. certain points I wanted to hit about in the film. I wanted to kind of talk about what being psychic was, what is consciousness. I mean, of course, this is all very high level stuff. I mean, we're not drilling down deep, and the interviews were good because I, I was able to drill down a little bit, but for the nature of the film. You know, it's just kind of just touching on the subjects. I mean, you could have an hour and a half documentary on consciousness alone or psychic ability alone. Um, this yeah. is just kind of like a like a it's a kind of general um, timer to, to the yeah. topic. Yeah, almost like a tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, really, there, there's there's so much, and there's so, and. You know, there, there's so many more um, stories. Just, uh, there's one story that had happened, and I wish um, I had known about this or this had happened before I finished editing my film. Because from one point of view, I don't have in my film, which I think is kind of um, what would have been interesting is, is the medical point of view in the sense that, you know, people say consciousness resides in your brain and what consciousness is a, is a result of your brain or your brain's way of making sense of the world around it, but you know, when you die, your consciousness goes away. And there was this, um, and you may have heard the story. This this is particularly relevant to me because this happened at University of Virginia, which is only like a couple of hours from where I live. Um, this this one doctor, and of course, I, I read the story a year ago, so this is from memory. But the best I remember is this particular doctor was somebody who described or um, to the fact that you know consciousness is just a function of the brain. And when you die, consciousness dies. But um, he somehow, some way, got some sort of infection. I don't know if it was like a meningitis or, or something, where where bacteria or something was in his brain. And when and he was in a coma. And when he was in a coma, he had this very profound spiritual or religious experience where he was told that he was loved and he was kind of I don't want to say given the meaning of life, but. but that has meaning, or, or it was a spiritual. He had a spiritual experience in, in this coma. Yeah. But what happened was um, the part of the brain where dreaming and thoughts and imagination um, occurs. That when he was in a coma, that was dormant. So medically, it was impossible for him to have any sort of dream, according to the current medical science. So when he came up out of the coma, he talked about the, the, this dream, this experience. You know, colleagues said, you know, it's impossible because, you know, the bacteria was in the heart of the brain where that would inhibit that sort of um, function in the brain. And somehow, yeah. some way, this, this transformed him. And I thought that would have been a really interesting point of view. Is, is Maybe not even that story specifically, but is consciousness a function of the brain? Is, is consciousness sort of a biological function? Because... So that's what really interested me, too. Yeah. Um, what have you had? 
Okay. Have you actually had a lot of people bringing questions forward to you since that as well? Have you like opened up a big, the big wide world to ask you questions back after the after the documentary? You know what? Not yet, not really. And I think it's because my my documentary has been seen in, in such limited circles, and you know, we'll see what happens after it's released uh, on Amazon and iTunes um, in about a month or so. Yeah. But because when, because when it was shown on um, when it was shown on PBS, it was shown on two TV networks, you know, um, far away from me. So I didn't know who the audience was. I didn't know how many people watched or, or what they call what type of promotion those those networks did. Um, yes. The film screening in New York, I couldn't I couldn't make that weekend. Unfortunately, something came up at the last second. And then at, um, when I was in DC, um, the screening. Um, one person came up to me and they said something to me that was very, um, which I thought was very nice because one of the documentaries that I was watching for research and one of the things kind of, one of the few inspirations uh, for this documentary is a documentary called um, What the Bleep. I don't know if you're familiar with that doc, but it's a, it's a great documentary about consciousness and who we are. And, okay. Uh, and he, uh, the person who up to me and goes, you know, your documentary reminded me of um of what the bleep. And I said, Really, that's great because that's um so it was a it was a pretty it did pretty well. I know it was on HBO here and, and um so I, it, for somebody to compare my film to such a a film that I I, I kinda of hold in a in a higher regard. Um that was uh that was really nice. And that was really the only the only feedback or comment I mean of course friends and stuff who've seen it ask, but but because of, of you know, they know me and, and my interest. You know, we've had those conversations before, so I don't know if the, the documentary itself sparked these conversations or those conversations would have happened anyway. But I'm interested yeah. in, um, when the film comes out uh, to a wider audience, what type of response it will generate, if any, and if, if conversations will happen on the Facebook page or in general. Because uh, I'm curious, because there's, there's, no, there's no conclusion to the documentary. It's meant to open debate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you what that debate is. Yeah. Now, just let me go to the phone lines. I've got a couple of people um, on hold here. Just hold on one minute. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Ask Sue Show, Erico215. Hey, Sue, it's Lisa. Hello, darling. I, I was Hi, looking Mom. at them, but I thought, I'm sure that's Lisa, but I want to show myself <laughs> up. How are you doing? Good, good. Listening. Very interesting. Uh, you must be very proud. Oh, oh yeah. And, uh okay. I know there's going to be a sequel to this. Yeah. So obviously you you've obviously played a big part in this research. T- tell us about what you've been doing. Obviously besides being the mum and and everything else. <laughs> Sorry, well, I, DJ, I, I'm really going to embarrass I, you now. <laughs> I, I think I did the the best thing I could possibly do by not getting too involved, <laughs> uh, other <laughs> than helping to make recommendations to who I thought would be the the perfect people to put into his film, which were, of course, Michael Toddy, who I've known for years and uh, always blows me away with his, his ability. And it's pure ability. Yeah. There's no ego. And through Michael, we um, got to uh, be introduced to Richard Felix, who was m- amazing in the film. You know, Richard does it for a living, so he he didn't have to be told what to do or how to act. If anything, we just, you know, let let Richard go and... And Lloyd, I don't know Lloyd personally, but I, I was on Coast to Coast with Lloyd, and he definitely is, you know, Professor Paranormal. He he knows what he everything you need to know about the paranormal, and 
And the other people in the, the film, too, they did an excellent job in conveying the message, of looking at the paranormal through the scientific lens, the religious lens, the, uh, the metaphysical lens, and, of course, the entertainment. Because, as you know, Sue, the type of work we do, a lot of times we, people think we're smoke and mirrors, and we've had a lot of bad press through the centuries that we are nothing more than con artists and rip-offs and, and you know, tricksters, which... Yep. You know, that is what this film wants to show you, that, no, it's not limited to just this commercial image of what the paranormal is. And I think it, I really suggest everybody, you know, check it out. Get it on iTunes or, or, or buy it and see for yourself because it really will open you up to this shift that we're all going through in energy and make you aware of, like, what we're working with. It's it's energy. It's the the, yeah. the other dimension that's always there, and you just have to learn how to reach in and communicate with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know what? I think the thing is, it's good that, you know, you can get other sides of it as well. I mean, you know, there's a lot of us that are spiritual, but don't look at the other sides of it. We can sometimes just almost get on one track and don't look at other sides of things. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think that's... I think for 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 any argument or any debate, um, any conversation, there's always going to be two sides. And I think when when the conversation is one-sided or you don't look at other sides, yeah. you know, you're not keeping an open mind. Number one, but number two, you're doing a disservice to your own point of view because if you if you know and understand the other side, um, you're more equipped, you're better equipped to to rebut that other side or or you know maybe. Through um, understanding the other side, you, you might not change your mind, but modify modify your your point of view, um, yes. and, and and grow intellectually or grow spiritually. So I mean, it's um, you know, there, there's there's definitely value to to understanding the other side, not attacking the other side, and and vice versa, not having the other side attack you, and having a, a, a real debate. Because um, it's interesting because the paranormal is whether it's parapsychology or, or metaphysical or, or theological, you know, or, or even quantum physics in a certain regard about um, some of the science done with that, um, you know, you're looking at it from very, very unique, very different, um, maybe opposing points of view, the same, the same thing and trying to understand what this is. And I think because we can't conclusively ever, at least right now, at least while we're on this side, understand what what the paranormal and metaphysical is, um, because we can't show proof. I think that's why it's such a it's such a hot topic for debate. And you know, I think yeah. like anything where it's opinion based, whether it's, it's paranormal or, or religion or politics, you know, there's an opportunity that they get heated because you can't show tangible proof. It's all opinion. Yeah. You know, it's quite funny, BJ, how you said that then, because I felt like you'd been on the show with me before, because it was literally just recently, and I actually put a status up on Facebook, and I said, you know, the trouble with this world at the moment is we are too busy running down each other's beliefs and thoughts and, and wishes and everything, but at the end of the day, none of it, all of us need to be grateful if as long as we've got a belief, that's all that matters, and why have we got to run down each other's? Do you know what I mean? It's like I can't 100% prove spiritually it, it's all connected and everything else. Do you know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. say to everybody, it doesn't matter whatever religion, none of us can prove 100% that that religion is absolutely right. 
Yeah, and, and certain, yeah, and certain things are, are, are right for certain people, certain situations. You know, I mean, you see it a lot, especially in social media. Uh, you mentioned you put a status up, you know, especially during, um, you know, election time here in America where, you know, the, the, the discourse isn't necessarily people supporting their point of view, but it, it, the, why the other person's point of view is wrong or attacking points of view. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I think if you have something that works for you and you believe in it, that's fine, and, and people should respect, you know, yeah. that point of view that you have. And, you know, as long as people aren't trying to force points of view on other people and vice versa, you know, I think the role would be a much, much better place. I mean, I was very, very conscious, very, very careful when I was doing the documentary not to put any sort of agenda behind it rather than, you know, just, just civil discourse and, and understanding. And just, you know, it's an interesting topic, and it's just it's fun. It was fun for me to look at it from, from different points of view. And, um, you know, I think my, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily had a, a defined, definitive point of view um, about the topic until after I did the film because it really kind of forced me to look at it from a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. Lisa, what was the times after the show or during it that you were quite conscious of what, how it was going? And, and did you have, like, a conversation after saying, well, I'm not sure about this or I'm not sure about that, or did, were you happy with how it all came together with the debate? Uh, I, I was happy with it because it didn't sensationalize the paranormal, where a lot of times when you, you watch some of these shows on television, you know, you, you watch because you want to make sure you see the ghost or the psychic has to be exactly right. And when you watch it on television, they're not going to send a film crew out to film a psychic who's always wrong or a ghost hunter who doesn't produce a ghost. You know, you're working with the world of energy, and there are no, like, fixed uh, formulas to connect in. It's just like if a doctor does an operation, not everyone is going to be a success. So, But in order to make it solid, you know, uh, to be presented right in the entertainment world, sometimes you have to sensationalize it. And the thing that is so pure about this film, it's not sensationalized. And it leaves the viewer at the end of the film, you know, to come upon their own opinion, like, you know, something's out there. What is it? And how do we reach into it? And that's how I think it was conveyed really well, because it wasn't sensationalized. And it, it just really is the pure uh, representation of what the paranormal is. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's... It's um and, and because because it was a it was a documentary because it was it was made independently, um I think that's why I had the 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 space to not have to sensationalize. Um, the reason shows are sensationalized on television is because um, um they have to make money. If if I go to a you know TV network or production company and say, you know I can give you 13 episodes or or 22 episodes of of ghost hunting. They're going to want you to find, you know, and they're going to pay me a salary. They're going to want me to find a ghost of the episode. So you kind of, um, or some, something paranormal, they want you to scare the audience of the episode because, you know, being scared is entertainment. Entertainment means people keep on watching, more viewers, more viewers, more advertisers, more money. Um, so that's, I mean, so that's why when the, when the paranormal kind of just lives in the realm of entertainment, um, it's not healthy for it in that regard because. It has to put on this show where everything's a ghost, everything is meant to scare you, um, and, and there's opportunities for for shysters or people to kind of come in and and you know 
put on a show and entertain people and, and you know, basically fool them in, in, in an effort to make a buck. Yeah, yeah. I just, I can't wait to watch it all, to be honest. And, and obviously, I'm just going to say to everybody, of course, we'll be sharing all of these links, um, obviously, to the film where you can get a hold of it and everything. And, um, of course, we'll be sharing all this onto the blog and the shoot, ask, can't even speak now, Ask Sue Show group as well. Um, and, obviously, we'll be look, quite looking forward to, um, obviously, getting people on to actually discuss their thoughts on it as well. Uh, do you think you'll be doing more of the same, BJ? Is it, is it this going to continue? Have you got more things up your sleeve to follow with this? I mean, there's lots of things I want to explore with, with this film. I think ultimately, but there's there's so much I'm just trying to do professionally, trying to make a name for myself as a television you know, media professional. So it's just, it all just comes out to, to a matter of time. And I think it also depends on, on how, how well this film does. If, if this film goes out on, on iTunes and Amazon and there seems to be, you know, um, an audience for it, um, then, yeah, then, then there probably would be um, this motivation, the opportunity, uh, you know, to to sacrifice more time um, and effort to, to make another one because there's, there's other stuff I'm, I'm definitely interested in um, in learning about and exploring, but um, hopefully there's a, an audience, uh, you know, for this, and an audience for, for this type of paranormal debate, because it's not, as far as I know, I've done a lot of research, it hasn't really been a documentary or a show or something that kind of looks at the paranormal in, in, in this regard. Um, usually, it might take one slice of my documentaries looking at maybe theological or, or maybe maybe through quantum physics or, or parapsychology and explore that. And there's tons of work looking at one particular lens, but none that kind of puts them all together and kind of looks at the paranormal as a whole from all these different parts and points of view that kind of make it up or try to understand it or explain it. And as I mentioned earlier, there, there are other points of view that I think that are really interesting Um they came up, you know, came across. Um, I guess I had a couple of interviews that ended up on the cutting room floor. That uh, you know might be good to to revive. Um, you know, maybe there's a different type of investigation. You know, like I said, the the kind of understanding what consciousness is. And like I said, that was what was really interesting to me. It's not so much the power. I mean, for me, the paranormal wasn't so much ghosts or things that go bump in the night or or, you know, psychic ability, but it's the essence of consciousness of ourselves. And that's a heavy kind of um, concept when you think about it because it's the essence of who we are. I mean, we are our consciousness. Now, yeah. what, what is it, consciousness? Is it, does it reside in our body or, or is our, our body a physical manifestation of that? Is it our soul? Is it something theological or religious? Is it something that, um, is it energy? Is it, you know, is it what some scientists say? Is it a manifestation of the brain just trying to make sense of the world and it, it, it's just nothing more than just just our interpretation of the world and, and, and not anything more than that. And that's what fascinates me. And I think if I was going to do another documentary or if I was going to expound this, I, I think it wouldn't have been it wouldn't be paranormal but consciousness. I think paranormal is kind of the, the gateway, it was kind of more general because paranormal is more um it, it more more popular. Um, yeah, more interesting, I think, it, to the general audience. But I think there's a, you know, if I have the time and the money and the, the resources, I, I would like to really do a documentary. 
and it, no documentary can come to a conclusion on consciousness, but I think it would be fun to kind of treat um, consciousness the same way I did the paranormal in this documentary. And, of course, I mean, we touch on consciousness a lot in this film, but it's, it's, it's more the kind of just paranormal ghosts and afterlife as opposed to the, the, the core of what consciousness is itself. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that, Lisa? I felt like you wanted to say something. Oh no, I, I, I was listening, and he's he's absolutely right about consciousness. Uh, y- you know, we there's probably hardly a person around who has not had some type of experience that could be you know classified as what they think is the paranormal, but really what it is, it's consciousness connecting into consciousness. We all have that synergy field around us. You know, some things we manifest ourselves, some things we tap into. Uh, and like BJ said, he would like to go further with consciousness. Like, what is it? Uh, we all we all have a consciousness, but how do we link in? We're all part of this universal life force, this energy. And sometimes I'll have clients tell me during the course of a reading, how did you know that? I, I know certain things because when they come to me, they're open. So what they're doing is they're opening the portals to their own consciousness. And because I am in a state of awareness and I try to focus my own consciousness, I can tap into certain things for them. And it doesn't mean I'm predicting a future for them, but I am just decoding what they're already carrying around for themselves from many lifetimes because consciousness just doesn't dissipate and go away. It has an energy field of its own. And when when you pass over physically, when the physical body's gone, your consciousness is still there. And that's the big mystery. Like, where does it go? Does it go into another life incarnation? Does it hang around? Uh, the, the medical part is going to be fascinating because this doctor, he was a, a, a neuro doctor, a brain surgeon, and he experienced this. So he's someone who's been trained scientifically who, because of his experience, now realizes that there's another dimension that exists that we didn't even scratch the surface to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally believe, and this is just my own personal kind of thought or opinion, that, and I don't know if you ever could truly understand consciousness, but I think consciousness kind of, hypothetically, if you could figure out what consciousness is, would really be the key to unlock a lot of these other things about, you know, psychic ability or manifesting things and and karma and energy, because um, to truly understand what consciousness is, how it works, how it reacts, how it interacts, um, would really kind of make a lot of other things kind of make sense, ghosts and energy and past life experiences. And, you know, it, it, I, I personally believe it's all rooted into consciousness and whatever consciousness is, whether it's a spiritual thing or an energy thing. Or, um, I mean, I truly believe that, I should say, I don't believe that consciousness is just a manifestation of our brain. I think that's something, I think it's something more than just, Something's going on in our head. What it is, I don't know, but it kind of, you know, it that really interests me, and it kind of, um, you know, I, I don't know, it's just uh, very uh, exciting. You know, you get like uh, chills just trying to wrap my head around it. And I think that's yeah. kind of going back to what we were talking about way, way earlier. We were saying what my interest was um, having one foot in, in, um, in, you know, the Catholic school world and one foot in the and at home with my mom, it's, you know, consciousness, soul, you know, heaven, hell, right, wrong, you know, where it goes, what happens to us, um, who we are, our essence, 
I think trying to, as a kid, trying to figure out like, who we are and what that is. And I think that's kind of what really got me rolling on understanding consciousness and doing this film and just my, my general interest in the subject. Yeah. Another thing I'd like to add, if, you know, an easy way to try to understand it is imagine your consciousness is like a computer. What you download into it is is what it's going to have. It doesn't mean there isn't other information available to you. You can tap into anything if you want to open it up. The same thing with your consciousness. You carry around everything you allow into your own energy field. And there are other things that you yourself can tap into, but you have to be aware that you have this ability, and we all have it to do it. And all of the major religions have some type of uh, paranormal spin, but they don't call it paranormal. They they try to put it under the the uh, heading of dogma. But if you look at it, I mean, even in the Bible, we have... Uh, number patterns, we have visitations, we have ghosts, we we have prophets, we, we have predictions. It's there, but it, it's like it's been taken and classified under so many different headings. It, you know, it caused a lot of confusion for people, like, what is it? But when, yeah. when, it, when it comes down to it, it's energy. That's all it is. It's energy. Well, I mean, somebody, uh, maybe somebody, when I was interviewing for my film or I mean, a few people said, you know, that the Bible's the most supernatural book. You know, looking at the, you know, the Christian Bible, um, you know, you know, visions and ghosts and prophets and people rising from the dead and 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 people being brought back to life and turning water to wine. I mean, it's it was one it's one big giant book of just of just stuff that's supernatural or, or paranormal in the, in, the, in the strictest term of the definition. Things that that isn't normal. It runs alongside normal. So I mean, just kind of understanding. Um, and they say to have faith. If you have faith and you believe, then anything's possible. And and that's what it is yeah. with our consciousness. I've, I've seen people who come to me for uh, a session and they, they tell me they, they don't have any money, they don't have a job, and, and everything's falling apart. And I remind them, before we go any further, that's your belief. So you're allowing yourself to believe that. You're creating situations that are just going to you know en- enhance your belief. Be open to other possibilities. Even when I tell them something in a reading... Take that information and just don't take that, but look for other ways that you can expand upon it and take control of your life. It's about self-empowerment. And by being aware that you have this other uh, part to yourself, the part you can't see, and that's the part that's that's most important. Anybody who works in our field knows that uh, even illness, it starts first in the energy field, a blip in that system. And if you don't catch it there, eventually it will manifest into something physical, so you have to look at it. And so when you start to look at things as beyond just three dimensions, you can start to maybe venture into what is consciousness. Yeah. Do you know, that's, that's quite funny you should say all that, because, and, and I think we're all for this, you know, everybody deals with everything differently. You know, there's people are listening to the show who may be saying, well, yes, I believe in God and I believe it like this. But then you'll speak to somebody else who believes in God who believes it in a different way. Do you know what I mean? But they're both believing in the same God but in a different light. Do you know what I mean? And and this is the thing. And it's like at the moment, you know, I've, I've had, and like you just said, Lisa, you know, I've had things happen to me. And I'm like, you will have days when you're sitting there and you think, this is going to go wrong, this is going to go wrong, this is going to go wrong. Well, hold on a minute, it wasn't going to go wrong, but you've just made it. Exactly. But did I make it, it, or was that how it was going to be, or is it actually, 
did I change the mindset of it or you know what I mean and there's so many different angles to it and I think this is when it's good I, you know I'm like I always say I, with the Ask Sue show I always say to everybody I sit on the garden fence so if somebody can say to me okay spiritualism isn't true okay you tell me how do you know what I mean? Uh, but then I always say to them, I can't prove to you 100% that it's for real either. Right, because we already limit our, ourselves sometimes by just looking at the three-dimensional world. And I, I think the younger generation, like BJ's age, the Indigos, they're the ones who are starting to like open the doors to this because um, they find careers that are more authentic. Uh, they're not buying into you need that nine-to-five job and you have to have the the house and the two cars and all the material trappings because at the end of the day you can't take it with you and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. So, yeah. And that's going to be yeah. a lot of kids. I mean, uh, unfortunately, in, in the past year, my younger son has seen five of his friends pass away because they gave up on life because, you yeah. know, they, they are, they're not fitting into the material world trappings like maybe the older generations did. They know there's something else, and they're frustrated because they can't get a grip on life. They don't think it's okay to be authentic and have a creative career, and if you don't make that six-figure income, it means you're, you're not important. It's, what's important is that you live in a state of awareness that anything is possible. I have been so down. I've been under, and sometimes I don't even know how I resurface, but it's because it's like, okay, instead of feeding that fear, which is false emotions appearing real, I just like, okay, something else is going to come along, and I'm going to be able to like, tap into that and see where it takes me. So it's more exciting to live that way, even though some people may think I fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, it always leads me to where I have to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've I, I think keep... a lot of it. I'm sorry. Sorry, BJ, I've just got to give you a little say in the both of you. I can remember my dad um, saying to my mum one day, she said, oh, I really want to get these books. And he looked at her and he said, why do you need to get those books? He said, because let's face it, anything you have is just borrowed because you can't take it with you. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, you know, just, just having a, 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 you know, your attitude in general kind of... Um, you know, and, and I don't know if this is strictly a, a, a metaphysical or if it's even just like a psychological kind of thing where, like, if you're always down and your attitude's always kind of doom and gloom, well, then those people typically are not having the best lives. And then the people that, no matter what's going on, are always looking at the bright side and kind of, you know, pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, um, those are the people that seem to be the most successful. I mean, you always hear stories of, of like these millionaires and entrepreneurs that were, you know, on the doorstep, you know, um, of being completely destitute with just, you know, one penny to their name. And somehow, some way, they believed in themselves and, and if you know, they are super successful. But, you know, what separates those those people from, from the people that actually end up, you know, end up being homeless or, or, or you know, impoverished, you know, it, is it attitude? And, that's why I think it's, you know, kind of getting back to what we talked about earlier about consciousness. It's, I think if you understood consciousness, it would unlock so many things and, and, and enlighten so many people to be, about, you know, how they act and, and, and forming about who they are. Um, so, yeah, I just definitely think it's attitude. Um, whether it's metaphysical or just psychological, I think how you approach life and look at life is how you end up living life. Your, your, your perspective is your reality. 
Yeah. But I think the reason we, we look for ghosts when we go on a ghost hunt is because we're looking for proof that we do survive somehow once the physical body is gone. You know, we're looking for proof. And a ghost yeah. isn't always going to appear. Maybe maybe they don't feel like it. You know? Yeah. So you can go on a ghost hunt and they don't want to be bothered. It could be, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, people, because that's a big unknown. People like to know and scare like what happens to you, you know, after you die. And that's why there is faith and religion and people looking for ghosts because they want to know, you know, what's going to happen. Is it going to be okay? Or, you know, will, will my essence, why will, will I carry on? Why live on? Why go to heaven, hell, or another life, or, you know, into the, you know, greatest death? I think that's. I think it interests people, and I think, you know, it, it scares people, and, um, yeah, I think that's why people look. People want to know. People want to understand. And I think that's why I feel volatile, too, and that's why there were such strong opinions about it, because of the implications when you kind of dig down to really what you're, what you're saying about the essence of ghosts and consciousness and souls and life energy. And especially even when you come to the subject of death or near-death experiences, it's, you, you you know when we're we're, we're going to have a, a baby. There's we, we prepare for the baby, and there's a lot of excitement, and you, you and we you know take classes on what to expect and how to have the baby and how to take care of the baby. But, but when people finish their journey and it's time for them to pass over, there are, there are certain people out there. I think they call them death walkers. What they do is they stay with the person who's dying, and they try to help them release the fear, and it's usually the fear of the unknown, like what's going to happen, you know? And they and I know someone who has done this in a hospice, and she said that she has been with people who were passing over where she's witnessed them clearing a lot of emotions. Sometimes things come up from, from prior incarnations. Sometimes they even tap into something else where, they, where they're headed, and she said that is a, a whole area that needs to be explored. I, I don't think people are really afraid of dying as much as they are of suffering. But when you really look at it, I, you know, every day you get up, if you have a challenge, and it, it's a form of suffering until you figure out your way around it, we're all survivors. You know, we, we all have the, the same abilities, but it's who is resourceful enough to tap into them to pull themselves up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, the, the funny part is, it's like, and, and I won't mention too many names, but recently we um, had somebody that had committed suicide. And we all of a sudden had uh, one person who said, oh, well, you do realize that she won't go to heaven, she'll go to hell. And it was like, whoa, this, this is too much. And I, and I suddenly sat on the garden fence, as I usually do, and I'm just sort of looking at it, and I went, who's got the right to say that that's the case? Who's got the right to say that that isn't the case? And and why would we make such an, how can I put it, such an, an outstanding impact thing in such a sad place? Why would you say that? It's like nobody can prove either way, but you upset loads of people by saying, do you know what I mean? And, I, and, I'm, and that's when I like to do the debate, because I like to think to myself, why do we bring so much negativity to something when we can't even prove that negativity? Well, I don't exactly, know if it's a, yeah. a defense mechanism, you know what I mean? I don't know if, if you can't understand something that you just get negative towards that. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. um, you know, fear of, you know, people are, you know, if you don't have the answer, you're, you're insecure or, or self-conscious perhaps. So, um, um 
you know, maybe that's why you feel the need to attack because you don't know or it's just, I mean, I've heard that too. Um, people say that, um, you know, when, when somebody has committed suicide, I think it's a very, um, it's a horrible thing to say, especially when it's uh, somebody who's lost a loved one through suicide. Um, yeah. And, what that people uh, yeah. have to under, understand is that there's it, it, Lakota Indian word meaning metakwiasin, which means everything's connected. And in, in Reiki, one of the symbols is no past, no present, no future, just now. So when you try to say that someone's going to go to a bad place because they committed suicide, you're immediately buying into the three-dimensional world of separateness, you know, where you have certain compartments, certain places. But in the overall large scheme of things, consciousness does not have that separateness. It's an interconnectedness. It's deep. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm just sat here absolutely blown away by you two because you just both inspire me. I mean, it's, Lisa, you know that I love all the spiritual side, but I do like to look from the other way and just think, okay, it's okay me sitting and doing a spiritual show, but then I like to have somebody that says, well, hold on, how, and, and how many times have we heard the question, how do you know? Yeah, And it fascinates me. It's like... You know, I can, for instance, sorry, we'll just put the limelight on you for a minute, Lisa. Sorry, BJ, but mm-hmm. it's like I've had it where, Lisa, you spoke to my daughter. Now, if I didn't know any different, I would have said that somebody had rung you up and said, oh, by the way, Susan, I've have word of you about Jana. Um, can you just tell her a few bits? Oh, I can tell you this, this, and this. You were amazing and blew me away of what you said. Thank now, you. Now, the other thing is, okay, let's sit on the gone fence this one. Did you actually know? Did you pick it up? Was it numerology or whatever? And also, or was it that most kids are like that? Well, I know myself as her mum. She's not just any normal child. She's totally different. She's old in her ways and everything. But then other people look and say, well, no, she might have just picked that up. That was just because Jana said this, that, and the other. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But, but, but how do we explain that? How How can you... How can we have a debate on that? And how can you... It's hard for you to show the truth of yourself, and it's hard for those that are trying to say, no, that's not right, that can't be right, blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? So it's a hard debate to have, too. Exactly. I, I try to use... Um, like everything in the universe is good for us. And as you know, I you know, call myself an astrologer first and foremost before anything because I use the energy of the planets. It's not that, uh, you know, I'm predicting that if you're such and such a sign, this is going to happen. But I know that there's certain energy. When certain energy is coming in, it's like, okay, how are we going to filter this? How are, how are we going to, to pull this in? How is someone likely to, to use what's already out there that may be coming into their energy field? So you, you try to give them some guidance. And when you tell somebody something, it's to give them an awareness. I, I had a woman a few weeks ago, three years ago, I, I told her I didn't really see her marriage lasting, and I remember her telling me, oh, no, you're you're wrong there. This is great. This is solid, and I'm not always right. Maybe, maybe I wasn't clear. Or I may have been, you know, still picking up something from uh, a prior client. Well, she recently called me. She said, I kept that piece of paper you gave me, and she said, I was shocked. I was blown away to find out that my husband was having an affair, and, yes, my marriage is ending. She's, how did you know what? I go, it's not that I'm. I have this gift that I know and you don't know. Deep down inside, when you play it back, you probably had a feeling anyway, or you maybe missed the clues because you were caught up in the day-to-day things. 
and you missed yes. the clues. What I did is I just helped pull it forward so when it did happen, you were prepared and you could make a choice. Do you want to stay? Do you want to go? Can you work it out? So it's all about free will, too. That's, that's something very important with, when somebody comes for some type of a reading. You're not there to disempower anyone by taking their free will away and telling them this is going to happen, it's a prediction, and you can't change it. It's to empower them, and always, always there's a choice or an option. You're always the last word in any type of reading. And that, once again, that's the consciousness. I was using the energy astrologically to help me, you know, more fully tap into her consciousness and get as much information for her as I thought she needed. And that's because I've been doing this for such a long time, since I was 14 years old, and I'm very open to it. And I feel that anybody that's really open, you'll start to just pull it forth because it's a natural ability. And it, we, we all have a consciousness, so it's just animals. You know, so you're an animal lover. A dog yep. will growl at somebody who's not good. And we may think they're good, but a dog knows better because they yep. go by instincts. And consciousness is part of our natural instincts. It gets buried underneath all the material crap that we fill our life with. Exactly. You you just saying that. How many times I've said to people, you know, like I've got a Rottweiler, and it's like I've said to the people, um, Miracle's not very happy at the minute, or, you know, you know that your child's poorly, or, you know, even I know that my dog's poorly. You know, you just pick up. Now, am I picking up, or how am I sensing that? So you're in tune to what's around you. Yeah, you're tuning it into. But do you see? I mean, I, I'm just all of these different things. It's it's all like like you said, BJ. It's all about connecting and, and uh, conscious. It's all of those things. You just really you really have made my mind think. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. like people that make me think. <laughs> do you mean because we do? The other side of this is. Obviously, I'm into my spiritual, and, and obviously we're focusing all, you know, I speak to spirits, uh, spi- yes, I speak to spirits in a roundabout way, but it's like I speak to a lot of spiritual people, and we do get accustomed to who we, um, um, how can I put this, who we hang around with, who we speak to every day, do you know what I mean? And then when somebody actually questions something out, you know, in our circle, then it throws us. It does. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes, and especially in the spiritual, it's very hard for us to put an explanation on that. It's because, once again, it's like the unseen, and we're, we've been so conditioned yes. to only believe in what we do see and what we have that we, we sometimes we just refuse to look a little further. Uh, if there's something that you don't have that you need, instead of focusing that you don't have it, just reach in to that other dimension that you don't see and pull it down. Just know that you're pulling it down. And it will manifest yeah. the way that you're supposed to have it. Yeah. Sorry, exactly. BJ, I'll let you have a talk as well. Go on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 this is fine. I was going to say that sounds a lot like um, kind of what that, um, that that law of attraction that was popular, um, or really that documentary was real popular for that, that philosophy um, a few years back about, you know, manifesting, you know, believing in what you want, and, and that, then it will manifest because you're putting that energy out there. And, you know, but it all ties back to, I think, what you were talking about just way, way back earlier, was, you know, consciousness and, 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 you know, what it is and how it's all tied together and how we inform it, interact with it, how it, how it you know, um, 
you know, we're all energy, and there's all kinds of, and even doing my, my research for my documentary, there's all kinds of crazy theories. I shouldn't say crazy, but, but um, you know, they run the gamut of, of, you know, what people think, you know, life is. As, like, you know, you have the, like I said, the doctors that believe that consciousness is just a manifestation of your brain, and then there, there are people, and even, like, you know, scientists that believe that, you know, we could be part of some big giant matrix or, or some sort of program, whether it's electronic or spiritual or something, or, or, or some sort of manifestation, um, and then everything in between all that. So, But the thing is, when we talk about the paranormal or consciousness or uh, psychic ability or metaphysics, we'll never truly know. We, can all, we all have things that make sense to us, and, um, you know, we just have to, you know, our opinions are... are, are Work for each of us individually to respect everybody else's opinions, and hopefully they they respect ours. Because I mean, well, ultimately it's it's you know we're the center of our own life, and we all have to make sense of our own life and how we choose to make sense of that life and what we're here for and what we're doing and you know. I, I agree about how it's like you know what what we make of it. Recently, um, my daughter and I we were uh, at a, a Reiki share group, and we were sitting around a fire, and we were trying to locate a missing person who had gone, gone missing in the Iger Mountains. And after we all did our meditation and, and we sat around, each one of us said what we got. There was a group of about six or seven. We all got something different, but what, what, what we saw in the vision. But when we put it all together, we had the story. So the thing is, you're not always going to get the same answer as someone else. Like I said before, because there is no set formula to tap into consciousness, but what everybody gets is valuable. Same thing with the psychic reading. Uh, if I throw down tarot cards, the, the tarot cards don't have the answer. They're just a vessel that I channel what I'm picking up through. A card for one person may mean something different for someone else who gets the same card. You know, it's whatever... I, however that card triggers my consciousness to tap into someone else, I use it as a tool. They're just tools. They're, they're, they're not the, the end result. Yeah. I, I'm just going to say um, your good friend Max is listening in and uh, he's in the chat room at the moment and he's obviously saying to me, you know, it, it's a good show and everything else. Um, sorry, I've just gone totally off course. My mind's just been totally right. <laughs> I, was, I was I looked into the chat room. It's always a bad thing when I look into the chat room and it just wipes my mind. I'm like looking at what's going on. I'm like, okay. I no, think Michael Tyson called in too. I think Mike's waiting. I think Mike said he was going to call in. Oh, is he? Okay, let me have a look. Oh, I know. I've got. Okay, one minute. Hello. Uh, I've got an area code of five six one. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Who, who have we got on the line? This is Lisa from Florida. Hi, Lisa. Have you got Hi. a question to be? Have you been listening to the show? And what do you, what do you think? I just tuned in, but I love your show. I always listen to your show. Excellent. Are, are you just listening, or did you have a question for BJ or Lisa? Yeah, I had an interview just a few hours ago. Actually, like yeah, a few hours. And I want to see um, how you think this went for me, or you see a job coming up for me. If not this one, something else. Uh, we're not actually doing readings tonight. 
it's not not it's about uh, BJ and uh, Lisa's and obviously about the debate. So, but keep listening to the show, won't you? Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. It, it'll probably go good because it's a new moon. So I would say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I was actually going to say we've got Lisa, but I thought, no, I don't really want to push my luck tonight. <laughs> no, I, actually, I'll ask that question, Lisa. Are, are you always switched on? And I'll say switched on. Do you know what I mean? Are you always connected, or is it where you can actually switch off and just, I'm going to say this probably totally wrong, but just be Lisa? Yeah, when I, when I allow myself to be distracted by... Uh... A, an air conditioner that needs to be replaced, or, or, or something I have to do, I, I I I kind of like switch off a little bit. But I found that more recently, maybe something really shifted when I wrote the the last book, the Book of Transformation. I think not so much as being switched on, but now I know how important it is to stay in that state of awareness and. Sometimes, you know, you, somebody could be telling you one story and you're picking up something totally different. And the spiritual law of three says if you ask someone the same question three times, they have to give you the right answer. And it's some things you don't want to know, you don't want to find out, but you may, you're meant to know because it will push you a little bit further on your path. And if you've been off course, you'll be redirected. So I guess I could say that maybe recently within the past two years I've been more switched on than off, and sometimes it, it's uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Like I said, there are some things you don't want to really know, but you just know. But then you also have to know that it's part of things that it's information you need so you can further yourself along. It's not meant to hold you up or set you back, you know. And it's about just going with the energy around you, and I, I do, I'm more aware of even the energy of the food that I eat or the places I go. I can step into a place and sometimes feel uncomfortable just because it might be holding some energy there and it, I know to leave, you know, or I'll be delayed. This happened recently too, delayed about a month ago trying to go somewhere, and I was getting frustrated, and all of a sudden I realized I'm supposed to be delayed. Missed a major accident by about two minutes. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so it's like, okay, just keep it switched on because, but respect it. The thing is a lot of people get, uh, you have, you can't do this from ego consciousness because ego is self-satisfying. When you're on, it's to help you to help others, not to impress people with, uh, you know, I can do this, I know this, I know that, because that's coming from ego. And you're, you're going to get the information, but you're going to probably spit it out the wrong way. So you just do it and you're pure with it. And if you feel that there's information you should pass on, you pass it on. And sometimes spirit will tell you or consciousness or you'll just get that that energy hit that sometimes some people aren't supposed to know things because you're going to not let them fulfill their own journey. Sometimes I'll see something in a reading and I'm ready to spit it out, but all of a sudden I'll just get a hit like they're not supposed to know that yet. You know, yes. so you have to be very discerning with it, be careful with it, because you're dealing with uh, the 220 line to the main source, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Everybody's electrical field, and, and you don't have the right to impose yourself on anyone's uh, energy. They have to be open and receptive. And I can tell sometimes when I'm reading someone, if, if they're giving me too much resistance, it's like they're not ready, you know, so it's time yeah. to wrap things up and back off. 
It's interesting, and the more you work with it, the more you get the feel for it. It's like when you're making bread, you just know when the dough feels just right, you know. So, so BJ, I've got to ask you, has your mum ever said to you, you don't need to do that, or you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, and you're trying to work out if she's being a mum or a psychic? She's always being a mom, you know, in that regard. um, Well, what about the time uh, somebody took the gargoyle statue? Why don't you tell Sue and everyone about that? (laughs) <laughs> we have to get to our to realize that when my friend stole it, I mean, um, I, I think and this is my this is my perspective is that um, I think one of the reasons, and it's kind of going to what my mom was saying earlier about, you know, you're so wrapped up in a situation that sometimes you need an outsider's perspective. You know, if you know. If you're having a bad time at work and, you know, you want to, you know, you're going to find a new job, you're so wrapped up in it or the so-and-so, they like me, you know, but you're, you're so, you can't see it because you're so absorbed in the situation you're, and you're overanalyzing it from from the inside that sometimes an outsider, a fresh perspective, um, can kind of get in there with their intuition and can kind of tap into the energy and see it fresh, freshly. Um, whereas I think because I'm my uh, mom's son, um, that that there's there's always going to be some sort of some sort of bias or some sort of um, you know motherly um, instinct or, or something that, that kind of supersedes or takes over. So I mean I have gotten lots of great advice from my mom, but I I, I couldn't tell you where the line was drawn between that being some sort of you know psychic intuition or tapping into energy or just you know being a good mom. Yeah. See, you know, this is where I I love sitting on the golden fence again when I say that. As a mum, it's like there's times when I've sort of said stuff to my children and it's like then it's happened. Now, is it because it was a mum instinct or was it that I was picking up spiritually? All right. Yeah. Well, as I was going to say, there's a clip, actually one of the clips um, in, in, that provided where Lloyd Auerbach explained that, you know, we all have, we all have psychic ability. So, you know, what is intuition? What is that, that sense? You know, is it, you know, yes, it's a motherly instinct, but, but how is a mom able to tap into that energy and, and know something went wrong for their for their son or daughter? You know, what's that, you know, the very essence, what is that intuition? You know, what is intuition? Um, why is it stronger with, with parents and, and, and children and siblings? Um, you know, perhaps it is a, you know, a, some sort of um, innate, natural kind of, energy, psychic, metaphysical connection that, that you know, that we need for, just, you know, very essence, very survival. I think yeah. Mike just messaged me. Did, is, Sue, do you have a number in there that begins with an 019? Oh, hold on that. No. No, I haven't, I haven't got any, no. Hold on, let me just have a look. Okay, let me... No, I haven't. Let me... Uh, well, obviously, you've got the right number, so is, uh, but I've got nothing come up on the board at all. Huh. You must be tapping into the wrong show. Oh, I've got him. I think it's... Is it 190, did you say? 190. Oh, yeah, because in mine it says 0190. Yeah, okay. You yeah. got Mike. Hi, Mike. Are you there? Hello. Hey, darling. How are you doing? Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Busy. Hey, hey, BJ. How's my main man? You all right? How you doing? 
Ah, uh, you know, mate, riding the waves, riding the waves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Trying to avoid the sharks. <laughs> well, there's quite a few of them, all right? <laughs> Tell me. Uh, Michael, obviously, we're talking about uh, the debate. How how did you how did you get involved in it? And tell us, you know, what what how do you think it went? I think as a documentary, I said it, it, it's superb because it takes away all the the woo woo. Let's go down the ghost hunt, the haunted place, and have a ghost hunt, and let's bring Scooby with us. Which is what you get yeah. a lot on TV, you know. You, it takes the Mickey out of out of um, what we've done for a long time, and you know, BJ got it right. He got intelligent people there. He also got me and Richard as well. But um, <laughs> it, it, it was a balanced argument, and that's what we need because you get so many people. And I've met a few of them in 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 in, in this country over here. You know, you, you professional knockers whose job it is to go down debunking everything, and you've got your professional ooh, let's go to a haunted house and throw a few stones and make it sound like it's it's really haunted. And you know they've ruined it. But when I looked at that, and I've looked at it a few times, and. It's balanced. It's people who believe and people who don't, but they're not calling each other. They're having a debate. and It's a great name for it, a debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it should be a series, that me. I tell you, you will you will lead the way. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I, I, I call them the Lobotomy Brigade. They're running the show at the moment. Yeah. Well, they, they do, and they, and they was mentioning earlier, because that's what... Yeah, it's all sensationalism, and... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you know, I wonder if there is, and I was saying I was earlier, I wonder if there is room for for this type of, you know, intelligent debate where you where you present all sides, you present them in a, yeah. in a civil way and, and, and allow everybody to have a, a voice because I think there's a lot of other areas to, to explore that you can have to yeah. apply this approach to. Well, that, that's the reason I did that. You know that one we've talked about, that other, that show I talked to you about? Mm-hmm. Because it gives you yeah. rules to have to put it across. Because for the simple reason is, you know, you got the people who like, and I won't mention his name, but he, you know who he is, or you, you will do if you live in this country. Um, a professor of psychology, who every time someone says they've had a seen a ghost or seen a UFO or seen something strange anomaly of any kind, talk down to them as if they're they're suffering from some sort of dementia. Yeah. You know, and who put him in the chair? Who made him boss? You yeah. know, I've seen things, yeah. and I know I've seen them. Because I've got witnesses with me and seen the same thing. I've got photographs of things. <clears throat> you know, and this is the this is the thing where you've got the balance on there. You know, and I thought it was a fantastic balance. I hope you do more, mate. You know, I really do. And I'll tell you what, so the hospitality over there, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They even yeah. give me a free sunburn. <laughs> Do you know what? It's quite so funny. You must be big enough off me. That's all I can say. I've just had a text message off a good friend of mine. He's lovely, and he, he, he unfortunately can't listen in tonight. And he's just put, um, "Americans are real friendly. They love the place. Really wish I could get back out there." 
and he used to live out there, and he said, you know, to me, because I said I want to go over and I'd love to go and meet all you guys and everything, and I'm like, and he said to me, he said they are just so friendly, and it's just, you know, and and every time I speak to you, Lisa, to you, Michael, and now obviously you, BJ, all of you, everything's all connected, And, and Lisa, you've just, how can I put this? With you, Lisa, you have literally opened yourself up to me, and listen, you've you've helped me yeah. so much. And I've got to just say, I'll tell you the, the treatment you get, the treatment that the, the American people are giving, especially Lisa and the family. You know, a mum and a dad. I mean, you know, the the, 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 the sweetest people on earth. You know, and and, and Alison, her daughter, and Nick. You know. Thank you, Michael. Uh, well, we're looking for yeah, take, take responsibility for it. I got accused of being intelligent once, you know, but I never took responsibility for that. No excuse for that again. <laughs> no, well, but, you I'm know, still, I mean, uh, Mike, Mike had, you know, told me when one night when we were exchanging readings, and I do believe that this is going to come about, that he sees uh, me and BJ coming over to the UK. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. good grief. I can see that, too. To see if we I can, can see me, over so there. you're going to be in my kitchen having a cup of tea with me. There's I'd no love jo- to. No doubt about that. <laughs> A Shropshire cup of tea, you want a good Yorkshire cup of tea down, yeah, not that, that, that bloody milky stuff from Shropshire, good God. <laughs> you know my kids as well. <laughs> hey, is, is the railway pub still in the, in Ellesmere? No, it's closed. Good God, I'm bro. At the times I've been carried up the stairs there. <laughs> <laughs> No, a friend, I knew there was a reason for closing. <laughs> so when we come over, what what do you have to show us? Where where can we begin to explore consciousness or energy imprint? The one place you've got to go to, if you want to get a physical example of the after of the other side, right? right. Is 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 uh, Kirkland's uh, Kirkland's uh, the graveyard in Edinburgh? Holds a lot of energy. Oh, it's the Mackenzie Poltergeist, the ghost that haunted himself. Oh wow! He, he murdered about two thousand people of the Covenanters who were fighting the king, and then he died. So they buried him a uh, fifty feet from where he buried them. Um, and a tramp went in there one night and fell through the floor, landed on a, a, an absolute mountain of uh, bones, and he said that. The, the police found him running out the graveyard. He was, only, he was only going in this like mausoleum to get out the rain, and he fell through the floor. And since then, people—I mean, you go on YouTube and just put in the Edinburgh graveyard, and I'll tell you now, there's a lot, quite a few Americans actually been attacked as well. Oh wow! On the tours, yeah, yeah, scratched, passed out, punched—you know, you name it. So, you know, that brings us to the the other aspect of consciousness. Sometimes energy gets trapped. You know, it, yeah. it, it it gets held in place by either strong emotion, and uh, that's how some people experience paranormal uh, events like hauntings. It's actually mm-hmm. a recording of the energy that just is held in place. Yeah. See, I've, I've been thinking about that. I've been doing a lot. You know, the, the, I mean, that's why I haven't heard from me, so I've been doing a lot of writing lately. Yeah. I've learned how to. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, I... I've been looking at that, you know, and I've started to come up with something. I've got an idea here, and I think there's, there's something. I think this cat, this, this bucket's got a bit of water in it, you know. It's it, it's got some. But I'll talk to you about that. But what what it's saying about the energy is, it's all around orbs and 
and, and, and the stone tape theory. <clears throat> and I'll tell you now, the energy that can be produced by a spirit or um, on the spirit side, believe me, is, is, is strong. Is yes. strong. And energy is a definite... You know, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Yeah, oh yeah. You know... You know, you, you know the radio show you're on now. Yeah. The mm. waves that, that you're sending out—they've got weight to them, you know. So <laughs> any thought that you send out has got a weight to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So therefore, yeah. and I think that's where a lot of the curses and, and the evil eye comes in—is that you can fire something at somebody, and I can stick if they're sub, if they're open to it, if they're. they're you know, like the, the old voodoo thing. If you say to someone from voodoo, you're going to die at six o'clock tomorrow night. Five to six, they start going into a panic. Yeah, they download it into their consciousness, and then exactly. they start to like create. Is. Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah. there's more to it than I, I. I think the spirit realm, and you know, I always look at it as, you know, I believe there's a god, and but I, the, the times I've spent lately thinking is that we have to have ghosts. We have to have. The, the other side. We have to have Ogre Poga, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti and the Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. Imagine a world without them, without mystery. Mm. Right, yeah. yeah. And God's clever, you see, he said, that'll keep them busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? UFOs as well, that'll keep them on the toes. You know, as long as they've got something to look for, as long as they've got something to find out and dig into, they're happy. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it, it, it doesn't give the world that extra, that little lead where you know, I mean, you imagine if they, if, if they said, right, sorry, Bigfoot doesn't exist, we've got final proof of it. Good God, I mean, after literally working in the northwest of America, thousands of people will be buying guns and going out hunting them, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah definitely a yeah. big interest in um, UFOs uh, resurging here, and I get a lot of questions about it, like, well, how do they, you know, how do their ships get here so fast? And once again... They're part of the There's other intelligent life that exists, and they shift dimensionally. They're not flying all those miles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you know, this is what the, and, and this is what these people say, oh, you know, no such thing as UFOs, because you can't go from Alpha Centauri to here. But Einstein proved it that you can bend space. Yeah. Well, I just and they also proved there more dimensions um, as well. So you put the, the, the dimension and bend in space together. You know, yeah. you can be anywhere. I think if when we realise what we're capable of, we can be anywhere in the universe in a, in a, in a second thought. Yeah, well, I, I, I just think we're that powerful. There was an article the other day about um, advances in, in uh, fashion light travel and, 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 you know, bending space-time. So, I mean, you know, there's, um, you know, the, I mean, this, this, there's a possibility for us, but who could say there isn't, you know, a possibility for, you know... I, I think we'd be naive to say that we're totally alone in, in, in this universe, whatever this no, universe no is, whether it's, whether it's this dimension or another dimension. We, you just don't know. You can't conclusively say one way or another, you know, because, you know, other intelligent um, life... It's no mistake that 1947, when, when all the UFOs started the visits, you know why? Because the result of our atomic explosions were registered out in space. And you know what? The aliens sat there and said to themselves, oh, my God, the kids have found the matches. 
Oh, yeah. We're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know? You know what? I can remember having a bit of a debate with my mates one day, and we were talking about UFOs and all this, and one of our mates just piped up and just said, okay, so how do you explain the pyramids in Egypt? Yeah. Like, how do you explain the pyramids? How do you explain the pyramids in America and Africa and South America and yeah. China? They must have gone from uh, one place to the other. They found them in the they found them in the, the Caribbean now. Right, and in ancient uh, India, the Venomas, yeah. they were they were the ancient flying machines, and um, Sodom and Gomorrah was actually oh, a they were explosion. They were newt. They were newt. Mm-hmm. Because when they did the, the memory of that consciousness is, is still yeah. around. Yeah, they did the they did the dig at Sodom and Gomorrah, the site they found, and they found what they dug up was glass, the same kind of glass that was formed in sand round Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Right. And that was could only be formed in that kind of explosion. But they don't teach that in school, so nobody believes it. Yeah. See, no, see the other question, which which I've got to ask you guys, what what do you all think about the fact that, you know, in our schools, I mean, even in the UK, they, we, my children have been taught about Hinduism and every other religion, but what we believe in, and I don't class it as a religion, I just class it as a way of life, but they don't teach that in our schools, they don't teach meditation and, and everything else. What are okay. your guys, what do you guys think of that? <coughs> Well, AJ, did you have a class in meditation when you were in college, or was that an elective? Well, yeah, that, that that was a it's a philosophy class. I mean, but that's college where you meet um, where, where the curriculum is a lot more. You know, you can pick and choose what you want. Um, yeah, I, I just, I mean, I know there's still debate here in the curriculum even about like evolution and 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 uh, you know and, and yeah. whether the creationist thing that you know the, the Bible is where we came from as opposed to science and. And you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a kid, so I, I don't know specifically what is or isn't being taught. Um, I, think I, think I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's important. You know, step, stepping out of this conversation, I think it's important to understand yeah. other world cultures because it's, it's. Yeah, it's, but you see, um, what you don't understand global. is uh, the English culture. You see, is our government in, traditionally in the past have, have sort of given to everybody else but forgotten about us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And the problem is, I don't mind my kids learning about Islam. I don't mind my kids learning about Judaism or Buddhism or Sikhism, anything, as long as they learn about their own as well. And as long as about it's a balanced view that this is the situation in the world, that we have different people from different continents who think differently in some ways, and therefore we have different religions. It's neither better nor worse than ours, or should ever be granted. Yeah. And there's no need to pull a gun on each other. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the thing. I think there needs to be an awareness. I, I think children you know, need I mean, to know, yeah. have an awareness of, of, of what's going on in the world between, you know, to conclude Islam, Judaism, Christianity. But at the same time, you know, it, I don't think it's it should be prescribing one religious spirituality no, no, no. Over the, yeah. and, and, and leave it till the 17 yeah. where they can decide for themselves which way they want to go yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know See, now, I mean let's face it the way we go about it the way we mm-hmm. go about it 
in this country is we give it up totally. We we just we just let uh, and then what they say is the British will wait until it's too late, then they'll start fighting again. Yeah. You know, and to be honest yeah. with you, you know, fighting for your God, it's a bit like having a beer fest with the uh, with with the proceeds going to Alcoholics Anonymous, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It, yeah, it's it's. Um... I definitely agree with you. I mean, I I, I went to Catholic If God school, wants so that, the enemy sort out, he's quite capable of, you know, yeah. doing the job himself quickly and better than we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I went to Catholic school, so I, I learned about Catholicism because that was just the nature of the institution I went to. So I don't I'm know a Catholic, too. On. That's because the public schools here weren't that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the, you know, the, the exchange for learning about, you know, Catholicism was you weren't going to get stabbed, so... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Right. I was taught by the nuns. You weren't tough. Ooh. They can, yeah. I mean, they can be tough, you know. I mean, and, and, and especially as a kid, when you're impressionable, you know, seven, eight, nine, and 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 you know, you have a, a nun or a priest telling you that, uh, you know, talking after the bell is a sin. You know, I mean, you, growing up, sort of thinking like, you know, everything you're doing is, and you hear a lot about like that Catholic guilt and everything. You know, if you're a horrible person, everything you you do is wrong, and you're going to go to hell. Um, that you know, <laughs> has, a, has, a, has a profound effect on, on a kid, and uh, again, I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to explore like, consciousness and your, your soul and heaven and hell and who you are and where you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I think school's a place to learn about morals, about, you know, don't steal, don't hit, don't fight, don't kick, you know, don't 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 do this, but, you know, I think spirituality is, is, it should be left up to, um, to, the, to the family or to the individual. No, not. Yeah. Well, see, uh, my children are spiritual. Jamie is um, 14, very much switched on and has given things amazing readings. Kimberly's 17, my eldest, and she gave literally only about two or three weeks ago, she gave an amazing reading to a mate, Kathy, who was actually talking about her friend to me, and Kimberly suddenly picked up some and then started to talk to Kathy and gave her stuff that Kimberly are, are, very rarely speaks to Kathy, but told her stuff about her friend. And the thing is, it's like I've never forced them to be spiritual. I've never forced them to be anything, even to the point where I haven't even had them christened. Now, a lot of, people, a lot of my friends have said, oh, have you not had your kids christened? And I'm like, no, and I won't have them christened. And they said, why not? And I went, it's their decision what they want to believe. I'm not going to force them into anything. They don't have to be spiritual. They don't have to believe in God. They don't have to. It is their decision. I'm not going to force. But I feel now that at, at points in school time sometimes is that they don't get the choice, especially in the UK. Michael's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. And, and I, there should be no separateness, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's always a big debate here about um. You know the, the separation of of, of you, know, the, you know the government can't can't promote one religion over another, and now sometimes the debate gets to the point where you know they they debate things. You know, should we have in God we trust in our money, or should we say you know um, have the word God and um, the pledge of allegiance to the flag? So it's you know it's, it, it, I, I see at least you know over here in America a, a huge um, almost secularization. Um, you know, uh, kind of happening, but the 
But the thing that kind of concerns me about that, I shouldn't say concern, but what's interesting is even though they're secularizing, they're, they're even, there's, there's no spirituality. It, it's becoming a, a very kind of secular to the point where um, I understand you don't want to have religion, but even the spirit and, 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 and some of the stuff we're talking about, consciousness and energy and who we are, it, it, it seems like there's a kind of a, a kind of a, a, a shift in philosophy to thinking, you know, consciousness is just a uh, function of the brain or, or being um, kind of agnostic in, in a sense that, you know, we don't know, so I'm not going to bother worrying about it or thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm just, I, I've got to say to you guys again, you just it's so good to have somebody that just chucks it back at me sometimes. Do you know what I mean when we just put a different light on the things? And I think this is the trouble. There's a lot of people that just get onto one path but don't even want to see things in a different way. We get to the stage we are all like robots. And and I I definitely feel this in the UK, is that we are just on this, or plonked on this path and told which way to go. And if you speak out of line and you say that you believe in something totally different, you are either a psycho or you need admitting. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. We can't even have control. our opinions. Well, that's all yeah. about control, isn't it? It is. And, you know, and it's good, do you know what, BJ, just to have somebody that's willing to say, right, let's have a debate about something, but yeah. let's talk about this professionally and have all sides and not have it where it's a, and I'm going to say a Jeremy Kyle show, but have it where it's actually we're all talking about it and it's open. But then you see, if you if you yeah. did that, what they would do is they'd bring in a couple of religious extremists just for the uh, the wow factor. Yeah, I think I you think know, the and then you get them spouting yeah. the hatred right away, and then you've lost it, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I, think, I, I think. I think. And I always remember being being in, in the. I was a student union president for president of the students union in Liverpool. South Mersey for about 4,000 students. And there was a lot of problems in, in South Liverpool talking for the race riots and that. You know what he, who he brought in on Gardner's Question Time? Who? Uh, Enoch Powell. Hmm? You can imagine what it was like, kind of like a John Wayne saloon. <laughs> you know. But that's yeah. what he do. That, that's why he, I think it's all biased against people getting together and talking. I think they, 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 they do lip service to say, oh, come on, let's get them all talking. But if it really happens and people see them getting on, well, think you're taking it away. Well, you know, if you divide, you conquer. So it's about divide and conquer. Yeah, but so. you see, that's how you, exactly. But when they, those people sit down around the table in front of uh, in front of the TV, and you're looking at these people getting on, say a Muslim and a Jewish person and a, and a Christian, and they were getting on really well and passing information, that wouldn't suit the government. You're not thinking the, the way they people, want you to think, then. People, um, they'll, they'll, they'll frame a debate as a debate, and you know, using the air quotes, because they'll have like a token, you know, they'll have the, the token opposing point of view, and they're just doing it to kind of check off the box to say if they share the opposing point of view. But it, but that person's not getting equal time, or that person's not of a certain caliber, or that person's not treated fairly. Getting back to the film, you know, because I guess a paranormal debate. Because I was saying earlier, because the paranormal is not taken seriously, that if you treat it seriously, if you treat it as if it's a serious topic, then it becomes a serious topic. So instead of just taking yeah. one lens or looking at one, one point of view or attacking attackers or trying to build it up, 
you know, I gave it the respect that any other subject deserves to have. And I think when yeah. you treat something a certain way, <laughs> then it becomes that that certain way. So that was kind of the point. So instead of just, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs or with some sort of agenda saying, you know, the things you looked at, you know, is this legitimate or, you know, there's different points of view, um, I just let it play out. And by its very essence, hopefully people look at it um, with a little bit more um, seriousness. Yeah, but you see, that's it. You, you, you took a bold step by putting people who had opinions both ends of the scale. You don't often see that. Mm-hmm. You know, because normally yeah. they'll put the, they put the loony in just to get it all worked up. Because it, it's what you want, the sensationalism, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how the media is in the UK, but I'm, I'm assuming it's somewhere to hear is people watch that sensationalism. People, you know, for example, Fox News, I'm not picking up Fox News, but they know their demographic. So they, they they create shows that cater to the people that are already watching, which is more of a conservative audience. And, they, yeah. and they'll have their token, um, you know, liberal points of view, but, but, they're, but they're there just to be stepped on and smashed. And same thing with MSNBC here in America, which is a little bit more, um, you know, liberal left-leaning. Um, but, but, but there's... You don't you don't go to see you don't go to MSNBC you don't go to Fox News because you're looking to be informed you're going because you already have an opinion and you just like to be yeah. validated or you're looking yeah. for a talking point so you can argue with your friends at the bar who who happens to be you know an opposite point of view um, it, it's not it's not partial or it's not impartial I mean, it's very partial very biased and, and and you know that's why like my film you know when you know, if I was going to try to do a show like that on American television, it, it probably wouldn't work because people people tune in because they want to they want to be scared or they want to be entertained or they want to you know they want yeah. something to kind of feed into what they already believe. Yeah, but I haven't said that, BJ. You know, I see a lot. I, I watch a lot of programs. You know, to, because it's a, it's it's what I write about places and, and I'm doing. I've been doing that now, and I, I see some programs where you know it's so blatantly obvious that it's it's bogus. And I think that some of these companies on the TV, they're, they're insulting the people who watch these programs because I think they're quite happy to sit and watch a uh, uh, a program. That, okay, they may not find nothing or they may not capture something on film, but they have a debate with it. And they're very happy with that because it's, an, it's, it's treating them with a, as if they've got some sort of intelligence to make their own mind up. And I think that's where it needs to go. You'd be surprised, though. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a lot of audiences that that are catered to that aren't as discriminating or intelligent, and some people are just going to be scared. And and even my film, like I wasn't trying to make a scary film. Like I was going on a ghost hunt, and I was I was doing things, and I was showing things because I was trying to to show them as you know evidence of things to kind of debate about. Mm. And the, the intent the intent was more um, exploratory, explanatory than than, than the sensationalized or would be scary, but you know, when I was showing my film in the theater, people were people were scared because you know, people just you get in a get into prison and 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 uh, you have a ghost hunt and people just people yeah. just, it doesn't it doesn't and I guess the point is it doesn't take much to get mm-hmm. people to kind of tap into that. Well you know what they they probably also already they, expecting yeah. to be scared yeah. because yeah. of exactly. <laughs> the yeah. and, and that's the thing, that's why their shows are made because of an audience Already yeah. Like yeah. Oh yeah. There's room for that, but there's room for that, but what I'm saying is they should be honest about it. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, I, of course, I'm biased, but I think my film is, even though it treats intelligently, I, I, I think it's it's interesting. And like I was saying, it's not biased, mate. It's that's the opinion of everyone I've spoke to. Is it? It's yeah. right up there. Well, I'm definitely biased about my own film, but um, yeah, it, it's it's um, you know, I, you know, I, I think there's room for um, you know, sort of a that kind of intellectual um, debate. But you know, I had that. You know, I put a ghost hunt in there because I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to do it, and you know, and, and it's you know, the medium is entertainment because there has to be some some level of entertainment. You know, it's it, people yeah. are watching it because they're interested and they want to learn. But you know, people are going to be giving you a half hour of the time. They want to be entertain yeah. and enjoy themselves and you know it's kind of as a as a filmmaker or any artist you have to take that in consideration you don't um yeah you know you, you still keep your integrity but at the same time you present it in such a way that that keep people engaged the full the full half hour yeah. so they're not turning off halfway through yeah well, so, that's, that's why i said and I'll t- you can ask your mum this you know mm-hmm. and the proof i'll tell you the proof in a minute the fact that your first attempt at doing something, to be honest with you, it, 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 it's very thin ice with that, that kind of programming. Yeah. You got it. You hit it right on the button because I'll tell you now, I was proud to have anything to do with that because to me that is the best bit of paranormal sort of viewing for for someone who's got two brain cells that actually work. <laughs> to watch. Thank you. And yeah, it's great. you can get me on a plane, mate. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, how about that, Mike? Special. We had a Reiki. Tell you. We had hey, and it was Reiki, you know. Had a... <laughs> hey, listen. Bloody hell, you talk about it wasn't frightening. What about that bit where me and Dan stayed just in the same shot? But that turned a few stomachs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... And, and, and another thing, too, about this... Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a, a, a part of the film where... They're looking to see if there's a trapped energy, and the place is Oh, that one was shouting at me. Yeah. 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 But, um... I'm sorry, we can say something about enemy now. No, carry on, BJ. Oh, yeah, I thought we could say something I lost my... I forgot what I was going to say completely, um... About Dan um, and, the, and the ghost and how they did actually pick up an energy. Yeah, well, I was going to say is it's... it's and, and this is kind of one of the points to make too is, is when you're watching something on television, a ghost show, my my ghost show, or or, or anybody's, you know, it's it's an experience, and it's an experience that um, is perhaps something that you that you experience psychically or you know not 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 physically, I should say. You know, that Dan Sturgis from the Ghost Hunters, he's he's hearing murmuring, he he felt their presence, you know, and Michael felt the presence, um, but you can't pick that up. On, on, on when you're watching, you just have to take what they're saying at, at face value, and, and and I think that's kind of one of the points of the documentaries. It's that you know people have these experiences, but what are these? These are personal experiences to them, experiences that that people can't make sense out of, and 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 that's why they you know put some sort of a lens to it or look at it some sort of lens, I should say, mm-hmm. whether it's metaphysical, you know, God giving them a prayer or you know. Maybe this is something that could be explained physically, but 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 people have experiences, and and when we were on that ghost hunt, um, you know, a lot of people were having a lot of different experiences. You know, when it, was, it opens up with the with the the breeze, and it was a it was a it was a warm it was a May night, and it was warm and it was sticky, and we're at the center of this prison, and, and the doors were closed, 
So I don't know where the breeze came from. You know, was it a psychic breeze? And, and then, it, that, know, that, that was definitely a psychic breeze because that's the first thing I checked for was the wind. I thought, where's this coming from? Yeah, that's the first thing we all did. We went to but it was so localized. Yeah. Yeah. It was so localized. And 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 it happened. It happened when we were, you know, people were in the seance. So, so what manifests that breeze? Was it people's energy trying to call something? Was yeah. There? I mean, we don't know. Um, I don't know. Um, but, you know, it, people were having different experiences. Um, and 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 you, when you watch the film, you can see the the the, the various experiences that that Michael had, Dan had, um, stuff that was picked up on on equipment and and stuff that uh, you know Richard Felix was doing. So. Uh, and, and those experiences are kind of talked about and discussed by the, the various experts uh, throughout the film. Do you know what? I, I was just going to say to you, just before I was thinking about the fact that... Somebody, I was talking to somebody the, a few weeks about about, about spiritualism, and we were talking, and they were telling me that one day they did a, there was a film uh, on the TV, there was something on the TV, and there was two people on the street, and they weren't holding the rope, but they were doing the actions as if there was a big skipping rope and there was a person jumping in between them, but, but there was no rope. The funny part was so many people walked around them even though there was no rope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now, oh, yeah, we used to do that as a kid. You used to do all that kind of sort of stuff, you know, like the old pulling the rope across the road as the, bike, the guy on the bike's coming down. <laughs> You never take a chance to go through it. Yeah. Just just really, really, and I just thought, my goodness, and you just saying, um, BJ, you know, and and you're right, you know, was it it air, was it psychic, whatever, but the thing is, if we all sat in the room and I said, oh, gosh, I feel cold, how many others suddenly feel the cold? Yeah, but so it wasn't just the breeze, it was, they actually got it on film and my ear was blowing. Yeah, but no, this is all down to the debate, though, isn't it? This is what I'm meaning. And, and people are quick to jump on people of the thing, but why do people walk around when people are swinging a pretend rope? Why do no, they I walk can, around uh, it? I can tell you something very strange that happened during that film. I, I didn't go down to the, the prison when they went to film in the prison, which is supposed to be one of the most haunted places around. I stayed home. Uh, I heard some type of a, a boom. A friend of mine, she must live possibly maybe, I, I don't know, let's say 25 miles away from me north, nowhere near me. About five seconds later, remember Hannah Laura, Michael? She called me up and she said, Yeah. I just felt something. I said, I just heard something. I said, how weird is that? And she said, yeah, they just stepped into some energy. But when they came back, I had asked, did, did, did you guys, when you were down there, did you hear something like a weird boom? And they said yes. So were we tapping into their consciousness? Were we connected? They're, they're the yeah. things must that you can't prove or you can't answer because, yeah. well, you know, tangible thing to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. That That's just amazing. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm going to yeah, shut up back. right now, my friends, because I see my uh, 7 o'clock appointment is calling in. But I enjoyed it so much, as always, and I not because it's BJ film. And, and Mike's in it, but it's really good. It gets your mind yeah. thinking, and it really gives no, you... It's a, class a, stuff. A more, more, I hope you do a lot more, BJ, and it knows counts on my help. Because I, 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 you know, you, 
you know, I work with other people. I work with people in this country that tell you, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be up there, mate. Unless you're a great psychic, I know that you've tapped into something, and it's probably true. Yeah. 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 Thank you, and bye, Max, out there. I'm after me first, Asbo. Cheers, Lisa. Thank you for calling in to show. And Michael, thank you so much. We're near enough to the end, Mike. So thanks very much, Mike. Take care, love. Bye bye. Bye, BJ. Thank you, Michael. Bye bye. Bye bye. Right, well, BJ, to finish off this show, which has just gone so fast, like two hours doesn't seem to have been two minutes, to be honest, but it's just gone so fast. Just tell everybody the um, website address and, uh, you know, any details, maybe email address you want to give out. Sure. You can, all information um, to the film is um, survivingdeathdebate.com, all one word. So survivingdeathdebate.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, which is Facebook forward slash, you know, facebook.com forward slash survivingdeathdebate. And uh, both the Facebook page and, and my web page, which also links to the Facebook page, has information, um, uh, links to uh, the clips, um, information about the show, um, information about um, when it's going to be out. Uh, I was talking to my email from my distributor today. It should be out in uh, Amazon.com, uh, hard copy DVD. My DVD you can buy and stick in your um, DVD player uh, sometime within the next couple weeks. So if you check the Facebook uh, page um, or my, my website, I'll have information about that. It's exclusively on iTunes. Um, you can stream it October 8th. And iTunes has a one-month um, exclusive run with it. And then you'll be able to stream it also. Um, after that, you'll be able to stream it on Amazon.com. So you can actually watch it digitally um, on Amazon. And then it's going to be rolled out in a couple other um, platforms. And uh, I'll, of course, link in that information to my website, uh, survivingdeathdebate.com or facebook.com forward slash survivingdeathdebate. Um, or you could also just do, a, I'm sure, Google for surviving death. A paranormal debate um, you know, usually gets to if you um, uh, write to the show uh, Excellent. as well. well. Well, BJ, please keep in contact. And as soon as those – please send me in a little message just saying, Sue, reminder, it's out. And, you know, I will share – by all means, share the links to the sh- show groups and everything as well because I'm really looking forward to watching it all through. And uh, I-, I just want to – you know, tell everybody, just please have a listen to it, you know, keep have a watch, and, uh, you know, let us know how, what you think of it, and, uh, BJ, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight, I know that you've Thank been you. busy and everything, and uh, I appreciate you coming on and telling us uh, your stories, and obviously joining with your mum as well. I really, really appreciate it, thank you so much, and I look really forward to hearing what people actually have to say about this film, it's a film that, whether you have friends that, that believe or, or don't believe, I think anybody can watch it, and I think you can have a great conversation. I'm just curious to, to know what conclusions people have and just what they think about how I treated it. So I really look forward to hearing about that, if they don't mind. Yeah. Well, BJ, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll get you into, into the show again, and maybe we could get callers to call in and tell you what they thought of it, and, and we'll see if we can get some recommendations, you know, what people think of it and everything. Great. Thank you so much, Phil. Okay, BJ, you look after yourself. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, guys, what an absolute fantastic show. I've got to say a very quick thank you to BJ, to Lisa, to um, 
Michael, and everybody for listening tonight. I really, really appreciate it. If anybody wants to give me an email, uh, you can email asksueshow at gmail.com, and this will be forwarded onto the YouTube um, after, which is official Ask Sue Show on YouTube. Thank you very much for joining the show, and I will speak to you all very, very soon. Good night.